Welcome to the Rediscovering Your Creative Self podcast, where you get a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation for your creative practice. Just squint. Squinting is something that artists have been doing for decades, let alone centuries. And it is something that we all find as a way to take information information in the real world where there are billions of colors and tones and shapes and textures and everything in between. And we squint because what it does when we squint with our eyes, it takes the detail away. It eliminates, it edits things down for us so we can see things in their most simplest forms. As artists, being able to translate information has a lot to do with editing things down. And whether we're squinting in our art projects or we're squinting, we can call squinting, editing down um, things in our life, we're able to see with more clarity. Because when we have so many things every single piece of hair that we're trying to do on a portrait or every braid of blade of grass that we're trying to render in a landscape, every indent and rock, okay, would be overwhelming. But if we squint, we edit things out, and we can see the most important information popping out. And so in our lives or in our work, if we can see the most important things and bring those forward, bring those to light, then we're able to make better decisions, not only in our life, but in how we're recording life on the canvas or the paper, or maybe even a digital screen, however we work, right? The other thing that um, artists do, okay, is they find what eye they are dominant in. And so there's a little thing I'm going to have you do right now is I want you to point at something in your room. Okay. Both eyes open. I want to take your arms, extend it all the way out and point at something. So you're literally pointing right at something specific. Um, you know, maybe it's a picture on a wall, but direct. Both of those eyes looking, point at that picture. In order for this to work, you must start out by pointing at an object at a distance. If you point at an object close up, this will not work. Now I want you to close one eye, okay? And then I want you to close the other eye. Now you'll notice one eye stays directly on the object, okay, when it's open, and the other eye shifts. So the eye that's open, that stays directly on the pointed object is the eye that you always want to close when you're trying to see things, when you're measuring and you're creating things, um, you know, from life or from a photograph and you're trying to judge the angle of something and you're holding up a straight edge to that angle. I want you to close that eye that shifts and keep open the eye that doesn't shift. And for me, right at this point in my um, artistic 
career, I don't even think about which eye to keep open and which eye to close. I automatically, muscle memory, close the appropriate eye. And that eye is my dominant eye that actually can see things without getting messed up with the whole peripheral two eye vision. So we have all of these tricks as artists. So one of them is squint. Squinting can eliminate all the extra values that aren't important and really get to the punch, really get to the importance of what we're looking at, the important textures, the important light and shade, the important parts of the composition. They all come when we squint. And when we are able to close that um, one eye and keep that dominant eye open, we're able to judge the you know, distance of things. We're able to judge the angles of things. It helps us. So what are all those things mean? It means that as a human being, we have so much that comes into, um, you know, our senses that our brain, once we start to limit things, we're actually keener at seeing the things that are most important. One time when I was in New York City, I was uh, with an artistic friend of mine who's also a, magi a magician, <laughs> a musician, um, and he brought me to one of the famous jazz clubs. And we were sitting and the music was incredible. And uh, he says to me, Lisa, close your eyes. And I says, well, what do you mean? He says, close your eyes. You'll hear the music better when you close your eyes. And he was so right. I could not only hear the music better, I could hear my surroundings. I could hear so much more than what I could hear when my eyes were open because my eyes were taking in a certain amount of information, okay? And I'm hearing things, I'm sensing things, I'm feeling things. And the minute you start to close down, edit some of your senses, the other ones get keener, okay? So as artists, we also can close our eyes and listen. And one of the things that I talk to uh, people who do reportage work, reportage uh, is documenting things as they're happening in a scene or uh, landscape painters called plein air painters, people who paint on location or draw on location. I tell them, close your eyes listen, sense the light falling on your face, sense the breeze that's blowing, hear the birds that are singing, listen to the music of nature as it's happening. And when you feel those things, write them down, write them down in your sketchbook as you're working. And when you're painting, recall those things. You know, sometimes artists will go work on location and do studies, but they're really working later on in their studio from photographs and their studies. And you want to work with those insights. And those insights only come when you squint, when you close that one eye, when you close your eyes entirely and you listen to what's going on and you sense what's going on and you ask yourself, oh my goodness, feel that breeze. You know, that sun, it, I can feel it. I can feel all these things that are going on because when you paint, 
you're often painting an experience. It's not a copy of a photograph, you know, like, oh, who can copy, you know, the photograph best? Art is more than that. Art is about replicating an experience of a human being that was in a place and wants to allow others to feel what they felt when they were in that place. Or if you're an artist like myself, where I work a lot from the imagination, I'm using previous experiences when I'm on location and I'm hearing things and feeling things. I'm using those emotions and transferring them into other worlds, made up worlds, made up environments, made up subjects. Looking at people, you know, and their mannerisms and their characteristics and how they move and how they react to space, watching people in a mall. All of those things are taking down notes of what's really going on, you know, honing in, seeing things a little bit differently. One of the other things that I always um, tell my figurative artists when we're in drawing class as we're talking about maybe a, a lecture on facial features, and I'm talking about anatomy and things about the structure of the human face, I'll say, touch your cheekbone. I want you to feel that eye socket. I want to feel what's going on at that nasal bone. Feel the transition from the bone to cartilage. Feel the softness of parts of your cheek. And then as you go up to where the cheekbone is, the hardness of it. Those things are really important. Also, an awareness that your eyebrow bone actually sticks out a little bit more than goes back into your forehead. Feel those things on your own face. When you're learning about things and you feel it and you sense it, you will learn more about what is going on in three-dimensional space than just to hear the information. When you're utilizing your senses, okay, it allows you brain-wise to process that information in a different way. And I always say, too, when my figure drawing students were drawing, I'd ask them questions like, think about a little ant crawling you know, a, a, along the, the, the face of the figure. What direction is that little ant crawling? Is he going downhill? Is he going uphill? Is he going right? Is he going left? Other things I would say, at an edge, just don't draw a line. Draw value. Create a line because there's one edge that's dark and another edge that's lighter. And I'd always ask as I'm going, when my students are drawing, I go to each student. I constantly just go to each student around and around. And I'll ask, is that background darker or is the subject darker? Is that cheek darker or is the background darker? Which is lighter? Which is darker? And then they sculpt the edge. They build the edge through value. So looking at information in a simplified way actually gives us more information on how to execute what we're trying to achieve better. It lets us hone in. So 
this week, I'd like you to do a couple things. One, do our finger pointing test so you can figure out, you know, where you're dominant, which eye you should be keeping open and the other one closed when you're trying to measure things in space and check out angles and, and things like that so your eye doesn't shift, okay? The other thing is learning to squint at things and asking yourself questions when I'm looking at my picture um, or if I'm looking at something in real space, when I squint down, you know, uh, that'll allow you to see what's most important in values and where do you have to make changes in those values and color and everything else. The other thing I'd like you to do is if you get a chance to be outside um, or just in a mall or somewhere, Take a few moments, be still, close your eyes, obviously not while you're driving, <laughs> close your eyes and just listen. Listen to all of the things that are going around. And especially if you are a landscape painter or somebody that has a very specific genre, learn your genre, not only from how to you know, interpret that with artistic materials, okay? But learn it from an experience standpoint so that you can take that experience, those feelings, and transfer those into your picture making. Even if you're an abstract artist and you want to add that kind of human experience, that kind of human sense-based message-driven work into what you're doing, those are things that you might want to keep a notebook on, you know? And again, I think it's asking your question, asking those questions, but also it's all about squinting. It's all about limiting ourselves in some way. When we limit, we actually um, re-engage other parts of us to gather in information that we may have looked over Okay, because we can only process so much. So we, we make decisions about that. And usually the, our eyes are the most dominant. So give that a try this week. And as always, create from the heart. This audio series is part of my Navigating the Labyrinth of the Creative Mind Patreon endeavor. The site uniquely intermixes self-reflection and personal storytelling with exploratory mixed media techniques and expressive approaches to art making, elevating the creative consciousness and guiding each person on his or her own path to discovering the creative spark that resides within. Check us out at www.patreon.com slash Lisa L. Sear, and that's spelled C-Y-R. <laughs>